0: plus. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello folks, it's David here and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well me i like to know that i'm the person in control of my data i live on my phone and the amount of stuff i do on it from banking to documents to private messaging i need to know is secure, we all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and uh, spend our money for us, NordVPN prevents that especially if you're using public wi Fi's or you're using wi Fi's away from your home, if you use NordVPN you are safe and protected it also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required it's a brilliant product I use it every day and highly recommend it and you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand that's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your nordvpn plan you'll also get one additional month for free risk-free with nord it's 30 day back money uh, 30 day money back guarantee so all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back so go and check them out as i say it's very important you'll get peace of mind go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Hello everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host as ever. And joining me today to pick the bones out of yet another schizophrenic week supporting Rangers is none other than the stalwart boss of Four Lads Had a Dream, it's Stevie Clifford. Hello, Stephen. Hello, David. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Yeah, and listen, folks, this might become basically the the post-match analysis that Stevie and I did in the car on the way home yesterday because uh, we use those as sort of therapy sessions at the moment because Rangers are taking you up on a Thursday night and then bringing you right back down on a Sunday and the contrast in the last two weeks has been absolutely stunning. It it was the same again Thursday night as high as a kite could not be happier and on the way into the game yesterday stevie and i were speaking both of us felt that celtic would drop points at easter road both of us felt that celtic would begin to trend down a little uh the results had kept up but you can't always get away with that for so long that uh eventually that would come back and bite you And I'll be honest, Stevie, I stand by that. I stand by what we said to each other before the match yesterday. I do think that the difference is where my faith in Rangers winning the league, and remember, I'm a fan, it's faith, um, has been shaken, is I don't think Celtic will win their next 10 matches. My concern is that I don't believe, given what I'm watching at the moment, that Rangers will either. And... I feel that for Rangers to to not win this league, they have to go some, and they're going some. That's my concern. I also think that it's very reminiscent to me of 97-98 that you've got two teams, one of whom, Celtic, can only win the league if the other underperform, and the other one, us, who are underperforming.
1: Yeah, I have a couple of things on that. First of all, I'm amazed that I'm actually on today, given... The content that we discussed on the way home it wasn't exactly joyful. Um, we were pretty downbeat. Um, and, you know, yesterday we were really excited. It was a nice day. The, the sun was shining. It was, you know, better weather compared to what we've been used to. The spirits were high. They then dropped points. And we're all really up for it. And at half time, it couldn't have been a better situation to be in. I didn't expect the next 45 minutes to unfold the way it did, which we'll get to. But, David, I, I tend to agree. We said at the start of this year, and we continue to say it, that the only team that could stop Rangers was Rangers. And that saying has come back to, to be proven to be true every single week, or more or less since the, the turn of the year. It hasn't been good enough, and I, I'm I'm with you. It's it's not that there's a belief, there, a disbelief, or that we're thrown in the towel or, or anything like that in terms of of the title challenge. There's ten games to go, you know. There's still a, a quarter of the season left, and there's so many games and twists and turns to go. But I, it's trying to get past what we're watching and and the the same mistakes getting over replayed from what we've seen in previous years, I think that's the way to put it, and that's why we're shaking, especially after yesterday, it was a chance to change the narrative it was a chance to get everybody uplifted and, and going for it and and unfortunately we
0: blew it Yeah, and that, that's the exact phrase, we blew it um, we, we completely you know, uh, borrowed a gun and shot ourselves in the feet um, repeatedly yesterday uh, and that's the thing that that really kind of gets to you as a fan i think is that that was a situation where rangers were able to regain some momentum um some control put doubt into the mind of a celtic team that had been winning but does look to be tiring. and and instead we failed and again it's all right looking at a match individually which we will we'll look at this today similar to dundee united it's a match we should have won it's a match that you know we made so many chances didn't concede many chances uh, but, of course, the ones we did ended up being goals. You can't keep saying that. You, you can't keep saying it. We can't keep looking at things in one individual context. There are a lot of things that that are repeated, as you mentioned there, throughout certainly the second half of 2022 and throughout the season, incidentally. Um, I think now it's we have to accept that it's this group of players rather than specifically anything a manager does, because we've had two managers and we've seen a lot of the same things. And they are two different managers. They've got different styles, different philosophies, and yet a lot of the the results are are the same. Um, yesterday, for me, was another example of not being able to see a game out. Rangers have taken a lead against Aberdeen, Ross County, and uh, Dundee, and, uh, and uh, sorry, uh, Motherwell, and yet only ended up with three points out of those matches, which is just. Completely unacceptable. Rangers have won three of their eight league matches in 2022, drawn four, lost one. That's not league winning form. And you have to, you have to say that that yeah, the performances were better than Parkhead, for example, or Aberdeen, which were two woeful displays. But it, the results aren't measuring up to what we need them to be. It really is that simple, Rangers. They don't lose a lot of games, as we know. You know, two defeats in you know, nearly 70 matches. But we draw a hell of a lot of them. And that's what's killing us. And it's a strange one because to me that if you're, you know, accusing the players of, of a loser mentality, then, well, they don't lose very often. So it's not that. So what is it? Is it complacency? Is it poor game management? Is it thinking a job is done when they get, to, to to one or two nil when it isn't, I think all of those are factors.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I don't think there's a. I don't even know if it's a complacency thing. It, people have asked this question, and if we had the answer, then it would, you know, would hopefully solve all the issues. But for me, David, I think there's a real issue with it: how ruthless we are. And in terms of somebody asking, well, what do you mean by that? I would say that when we're in top in games when we're really pounding teams and we don't kill them off. We don't go for the jugular and then take our foot off the gas. I think that's where I think that we have issues. And even when we need to get goals, and if you look back to to Ross County, to Dundee United, to to even yesterday, we can get goals. But once we get them and we maybe get ahead or we're 2-1 or we're 3-2 up or whatever, we don't ever go and kill it off. And I think that's the real issues we have as a team at the moment. There isn't a ruthless drive in this team. And I think that causes so many issues because we are vulnerable. and We're vulnerable not only to conceding goals, David, and teams score goals, right? I get that. What is happening at the moment, which is hugely alarming, David, is almost every single goal we're conceding seems to be coming from stuff we're doing. We're literally handing it over to teams, and that's really galling and difficult to take. Yesterday was a prime example of that. We couldn't be any more comfortable in a match. We couldn't have played any better. I sat at half-time and literally wrote on my match report that I feel that this is up there with the best we played under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. I I could see tactically what he was trying to do. I could see the players buying into it, the overload on the right-hand side. All these wee words and things like that, you know, that were... All these wee buzzwords and things, David, that the cool kids like to use. I was seeing it all and I was I was happy. I was seeing different things from corner kicks and I was enjoying it. But when you factor in the level of mistakes for goals that we're doing, I'm talking about five-yard passes, David, going straight to opposition and then breaking in two seconds later, scoring goals. This is where we are as a team and, and we need to... The, the reality of it is that that cannot continue because if it does, then this is only going to go one way. And we, we obviously dissected this a lot, and it is therapy, you're right, because I, I need it. By the time you get home, you, you know, it's kind of out your system a wee bit. But one thing I did say to you yesterday, and I'll, I'll stand by this, is that this isn't title winning form, and they either shake this off pretty quickly and get on with it, or we all know what's going to happen. But the big thing, um, and we did say this, and the, the big thing is that, thank God they're still in it, it's only three points. We've still got 10 games left, so there is time to rectify this, but they have to get it out of their system now.
0: Yeah, the problem with that is, is that we've been saying a version of that now for two months, and it doesn't change. And and I would agree if anyone wants to say, you know, well, the performances were a lot better um, against... Motherwell and Dundee United than they were against Aberdeen or Celtic, then that is true. Yep. And again, in terms of trending, you know, and all the stats and stuff, it would appear that Rangers are going to head up the way. But three wins and eight, it just keeps coming back to that. Three wins and eight, it's not good enough. Um, it's you know the the one consolation is exactly that. We given a two month spell at like that, at the business end of the season, you should be out of it. You know, you really should. That should do you. Um, And the fact is that because the Celtics poor start, it hasn't, but it's still nowhere near good enough. Lots of of things to unpack. Firstly, the positive, the first half was a tremendous display. Rangers were up for it. They were aggressive. They were hunting down Motherwell. Motherwell didn't have a sniff uh, in that first half. Rangers were all over them, got two goals, um, looked to be in in really good position to come out and as you say in the second half add to that um in the second half intensity dropped and that's fine if you're good at seeing a game out but Rangers are not good at seeing games out so why they feel they can do that i don't know and then I agree with you, incidentally. I think that, you know, what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was trying to do in the first half was good. It was laudable and it was thinking, right, how can I get more players who can help his attack on the part? And it did work in the first half. What I don't get is that there were players in that second half who were dead on their feet. I thought Scott Arfield, for one, who I thought looked tired Thursday, but was definitely tired yesterday. Um, we, we make one sub with 10 minutes left and we're chasing a goal. That's not using your squad well especially not with the amount of games we've, we've got coming up and secondly why at 2-1 we didn't put Balogun on and put Lundstrom into the midfield I have no idea we were without Ryan Jack yesterday he didn't make squads so you know moving Lundstrom I get and it worked for a while but then it became clear it was going to be different when Motherwell were going to come out a lot more they had to then you, you kind of needed a proper defender in there um and again, the the use or the lack of use of subs baffled me.
1: Yeah, um, on that point, first half, yeah, I think I think it did work really well, and and I liked what he was trying to do. I liked how John Lundstrom stepped forward, and we did everything about it was good, David. Right from the off, we went for them. Um, Chakala had a shot that fizzed over the bar. Eh, sorry, not across the face of the goal, and Emery hit the bar. All within ninety seconds. So it was a good intent. We had Kamara's short um, corner routine, and then we had um, a shot by Tav that was tipped over wonderfully by Liam Kelly, all within seven minutes. So it was the right attitude. It was the right intensity. We got two quick goals, which should settle any team down and, and open the floodgates at Ibrooks. I'm not talking about necessarily being 6-0 or whatever, but we should be comfortably enough to be seeing that out. Then, as you said, once the dynamic changes on the second, we have to be proactive, we have to see, or he has to see on the sidelines, what we're seeing. Because you mentioned our field. I thought Joe Riebel was dead on his feet yesterday. Um, I thought that Lundstrom was tiring. I thought that Ryan Kent was tiring. You consider the shift that Alfredo Morelos put in. Now, I know you don't take off your best striker, but if we're wanting to be proactive at times, there's plenty of fresh legs on the bench there that we could have brought on that could have fe- affected the game. And also, it changes the The dynamic of the match more favourably towards us because we're always on the front foot of that game, and Motherwell are are trying to pick us off. If you're bringing guys on that are fresher, fresher legs, and things like that, how many times did we see the ball go to Sakala on the right hand side or the ball go in that movement from Arfield and they didn't quite get there yesterday, particularly Arfield because, like you said, he was dead on his feet? That's where the criticism of the manager comes in because, you know, first half wonderfully, everything worked well. And I don't quite understand how he can see so brilliantly tactically on Thursday night and make a magnificent change and change the whole game the way he did, but not be proactive or even reactive when we needed it um, to, to change that yesterday. And that's where it's difficult to argue against any criticism of him on that point.
0: Yeah, it is because... Is there some govern bylaw about not making subs I don't know about? Because Especially Gerard when you've was exactly the same. Yeah. It, oh. it, it baffles me and then with the amount of games that we've got upcoming. To me the inference is well I don't trust certain members of my squad. It really is that. Um I wasn't going to go to this yet, I was gonna go to this later, but in terms of criticism, a lot of criticism, because again that's another match where none of the guys we signed in January featured. Now You and I talked about this yesterday, about criticism of Ross Wilson um, for this, and I've been critical of Ross Wilson's last three windows, in all honesty. I don't think they've been anywhere near good enough. To me, there's not a lot of point discussing it right now, because it's currently on the knife edge of, if we win the league and those guys do perform in these upcoming games, then Great. I, I would count Zakowski for that. He was brought in as backup. That's fine. Right? Fair enough. But if we win the league and these guys contribute, it worked. okay, And brilliant. But such is life at a huge club that those decisions you either get them right and you're lauded or you get them wrong and you pay the consequences. If we get to the end of the season and these guys have made zero input, we've wasted a window and nobody came in and benefited the first team, then I think, of course he's going to be under a lot of pressure, and he absolutely deserves to be. At the moment, it's unproven. It's not looking good, but we don't know. You know, you you can say it's not going to work out from here, or you can say that it's going to be absolutely brilliant, and neither is correct, and neither is incorrect at the moment. We don't know. But we will know in June. And for me, if it's a third window wasted we've you know we've got to be kind of calling people to account saying why are we continually signing players that make virtually no entry uh, that make virtually no impact on the first team and we're relying still on guys who were put together under previous regimes
1: yeah and no, i think that's entirely fair um i agree with you we um I said we did speak about this um, yesterday, it was quite in-depth. There is a train of thought at the moment to, to quite a lot of heavy scattergun criticism and Ross Wilson's come in under that and it's difficult to defend again because at the moment when you're not getting any input from these guys that have come in in January, then it is it's really difficult What's more telling for me, David, and what's more worrying about this situation is that it doesn't really matter what you, me or, or Jimmy a couple of seats down is and Ibrooks think. It's what the manager thinks. If the manager's not using these guys that we got in January, and he can't use Ramsey, fine, we'll get to Ramsey in a wee second. But if he can't go and look at his bench yesterday and trust Diallo to come on at 60 minutes against Motherwell at home, then... Or Sands to come on when we're playing a midfielder at centre-back where he can play by trade and has played most of his games in the MLS there. We've got real issues with that relationship between them two already. If he's inadvertently saying that these guys aren't good enough and we're at the end of February, then I think that's more problematic than whatever our opinion is. Because if Gio's already doubting the guys that we brought in then and, and it goes back to what you said about not trusting them if he's already there then we're in trouble with that relationship already in my opinion and when it gets to the summer we've got contract renewals and that's a massive thing morelos kent Aribo, and then you've got the other ones the likes of i don't mean to downplay this but you've got ryan jack philip holander etc who are not top value our top value guys are the the immediate priority if we get to the summer and this is the same status quo with these guys as well, I'm sorry, but not only will questions be asked of Ross Wilson, the the whole dynamic will begin to change from a few people questioning his role at the club to the majority of people questioning his role at the club. That's life at Rangers. I get it. It can be cutthroat. There was nobody criticising him the day he signed Aaron Ramsey. I still don't think Aaron Ramsey's been a poor signing. Well, you know, He's got to prove his worth. I get that, and he's got to become available. I get that, and it was a gamble. But he was a world—he's a world-class player. Sometimes you have to take a gamble. So I get that, and he gets leeway there for me because I—I I still think that every single one of us would have went out there and made that signing, or ninety-five percent of us would. So that's not one for me. But the 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 ones, David, that are difficult for me to understand and comprehend is when he talks about Nathan Patterson's deal. From Everton, been months and months and months of negotiating, then he must have had months of knowing that he's got that ballpark figure in his head that he's going to bring in. So he must have known what was available from the club to go and get. Now, if there was absolutely nothing available, fine, understand that again. But we know that there was a small amount available at least. Decisions like not spending an extra hundred grand on John Suter, but bringing in Sands, will be the one that he's going to be criticised for. And that's where, come June, if we don't win this league, there's going to be a lot of attention towards Ross Wilson and his position at the club.
0: Yeah, if you get things right, you get lionised. If you get things wrong, you get sacked. That's football and that's Rangers. And like I say, I, I don't think there's a particularly impressive transfer strategy at Rangers certainly the last three windows and a bit before, and and the proof of that, Putin, is that we continually rely on guys who were here before that. So, yeah, um, I think it's justified. I do. Now, again, I think, you know, in terms of harping on about it just now, um, it's not going to change anything right now, but come the summer, that's when reviews happen, and we'll know. That's the thing. We will know. It will not be up for debate anymore. And I'm afraid that The argument of, well, we would all have signed him. I would have signed Diallo if he was offered, don't get me wrong. What an exciting prospect. But it's not my job to get it right. You know, I don't get the the rewards for it. I don't get the adulation when it goes right. I don't get the money for it. Uh, it, It's part of the the contract. It's, you know, things go well. You become a hero. Things go badly. The opposite happens. But uh, as I say, that's a topic that will be... um, coming up very much I think in the summer um, back to the game itself now Rangers concede far too many goals and we'll come to that in a minute Stevie but Rangers don't score enough goals and the problem is an old one that we had addressed last season that's kind of gone back which is Alfie weighs in and nobody else does significantly and Kent doesn't score enough goals the midfields don't score enough goals, a Rebo doesn't score enough goals, good players but a regular goal scorers are our striker and our right back and the rest of them have got to chip in with more than they do uh, and I felt yesterday that, that you know you look at the amount of space, Motherwell, were leaving Glenn Kamara on the edge of the box that's because they're confident he's not going to do anything with it, it's a long-term failing and it is hurting as this it's hurt us in the past last year we had other guys Roof Hadji etc that were all coming in with goals Kent got more goals Rebo weighed in with more goals but this season we've reverted back to the over-reliance on a couple of players
1: Yeah, that's absolutely fair Kent's got two goals this season two league goals and that's nowhere near what we need Kamar Roof's completely fallen off the the radar for me, David, in terms of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Roof's capable, but he's he's also not looked on form to me in a good while as well. We probably because he's not the run of the team, so I'm not I'm not going to slate Roof or, or criticise him. But on your point of people weighed, weighing in, Hadji was vital his goals last season. We harped on about it. A lot of people said that he, he didn't, you know, he he wasn't prominent in games and we we both said and you famously coined that he's a he's a moments player but those big moments are the ones we're not getting now in terms of goals and things like that and you're right we're back to being over reliant fashion sakala's got a good goal race ratio but he's not been starting enough for me i hope that's changed now i hope that yesterday we start and goal that he's going to find himself getting more game time because i think he does have that real kind of edge to him I know that sometimes he can be a bit wayward and a bit unpredictable to say the least, but he's capable, he's more than capable, and I think that he's more ruthless, again back to that word, than, than other people. Sometimes I feel that Joe Rebo, Glenn Kamara, Ryan Ken all want an extra touch when I would like them to be a wee bit more driven in terms of you know, committing a man or, or going for it. But I, you're right David, it's a, a really difficult one, it's one we haven't addressed and it and it's one that if it doesn't start happening, then, you know, it becomes it becomes difficult for us because that's where it goes back to, you know, team selection a wee bit as well in terms of if you lose Jack and Lundström, who are both your kind of driving force of the middle and Lundström's more than capable of taking a shot and, you, and you're moving him back, it, it, it makes it even more difficult to defend that decision. Before we get on to the goals conceded and and what Giovanni says, and I've got issues with with kind of what he said yesterday as well. In terms of goals, you're absolutely bang on. If we're not getting it from Alfredo and and Tav, and you're not getting it from the guys that were pitching in from the bench, you're going to get the problems we're getting now. And it's just, we are creating so much, and and I get that, and I I do think that's right. Yesterday we scored two. That should be enough for Rangers in, in any game in Scotland. Barring a a freak occurrence, the problem is you know, three goals up at Ross County, goals Dundee United, Aberdeen, goals yesterday. This isn't a freak occurrence anymore, David,
0: and that's the big issue. Hey, folks, it's David here again with more handy advice on how to trim your testicles. Yes they're back. The Manscaped ads which I know all of you love so much because you know how uncomfortable they make me and if you want your balls to be more comfortable and apparently they are when you remove Sherwood Forest from them then you know what to do. Get a Manscaped kit. They're ideal for the sort of people who like to get involved in that sort of behaviour I have one but as I like my testicles to be set for winter I have only ever used it on other places and I have to say it works very well because I've hit that age where hair grows every except your head and uh, in making my shoulders and back resemble less like a caveman it's absolutely ideal and trust me that is a thick, thick brush to drive through it's effectively like trying to drive a car through a stone wall and credit to Manscaped's expert trimmer it does so if you want to take advantage of our special offer go to manscaped.com and use the special code RANGERS that's manscaped.com and the special code RANGERS Well, you will get 20% off your first order and lots of goodies as well. So go on, give the people a surprise. I'm not suggesting that you tidy it up and then, you know, get your knob out and pretend to be a door at parties or anything like that. But if you want a new you for spring, bit of spring cleaning in the old downstairs parts, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, well, here we go. Right. Um, This is one that... You and I have been here before. We were here after the Hibs game, and we criticised Alan McGregor um, and wondered if this was maybe a season too far. And he rolled back with some excellent performances, and therefore we were both kind of relieved. Because i mentioned before, I was talking about it last week. It seems almost sacrilegious to to have a go at, him. but it's becoming less and less heretical to do so. Um, And I did notice yesterday that the people talking to me, you know, my friends and family, people at the game that I chat to, uh, online, on the Heartland website, that the consensus, and it's a big consensus, it's not a split down the middle one, is that it's time to leave him out because he's not playing well enough. Now, the first goal, I think he can do better. I think he can... Uh, and I would expect a goalkeeper to get a touch on that um, and knock it out, you know. And, and who knows, you know, if a player's running in, fine. But I still expect with the guy behind him to deal with that. The second one is woeful. I mean, it's just, there's no way he can be beat at that near post. It, it's not a rocket of a shot either. It's just a toe poke. And I don't know what he's doing. And again, it's not a one-off. This is not one you can look at and say, well, he had a bad days. He's had several bad days. Um, and there's a lot of goals that you think Alan McGregor and his pomp could, could deal with. Or Alan McGregor last season could have dealt with. And again, because of his age, there's always a suspicion that when he has a downturn, that that's it for him. But it's about the here and now for me, never mind next season or whatever, but also never mind previous seasons. And, and you know, I had people coming on to defend and to be saying, "What? Well, he's a legend. You've got a short memory. And it's, no, I don't. He is a legend. That's unquestioned. He always will be. But right now, is he playing well enough to be in goal for Rangers? And I don't think he is. I don't think that he's anywhere near it. As I say, the two goals yesterday were poor. I don't think the defence is confident in him. And the defence has its own issues regardless. But while it's not singling him out, as you said, the defending for both of those goals yesterday was was bloody awful. Tav and Goldson, that was embarrassing at that second one. I mean, it really was. The first one, one's, one's not a defender and he gets done by pace. Um, but even so, I still expect the goalkeeper to, to do better at both of those. And I'm increasingly walking out of games thinking that today, that These were preventable goals that he didn't prevent. Um, It's a tough one. And there are people who are just, you know, understandably loyal to him and say, well, look what he's done for us in the past. And that's great. But for me, you have to look at the present as well. And right now, his goalkeeping is not of the level of a Rangers goalkeeper. It's not one game. It's been a while now, and there's also been a previous spell in it in the season. We're going back into that thing we had just before Gerard left that every shot's a goal. You know, I think it was nine and nine then, it's six out of nine recently. Um now, yes, defending, absolutely, but the defense gets changed when personnel becomes available or when players play badly. Barisic was playing very badly and he's been dropped. I don't get why it doesn't work for a goalkeeper. If a goalkeeper's not playing well then I don't understand why you don't give either McLaughlin or McCrory the, the chance. And I, as I say, for me, the second one was a real, oh my goodness. You know, is it, it, anything that, that gets on target now got a got a decent chance? Well, at the moment, it's got a, what, a, a, a 66% chance of going into the back of the net against us. We cannot keep doing this. We cannot make 59 chances in the last two games and score three and give up four chances and concede three. That's unmanageable. That is just not something that any team can do. Um, Faults at both ends. Faults in the defence. But on the, the discussion about the goalkeeper, I think we do, as a support, and as a management team, have to look past the fact of who it is and look at what he currently is. And right now, in my opinion, what he is is not good enough to be in the Rangers' first team.
1: Yeah, rather bluntly, David, you're bang on. Um, Listen, Alan McGregor's been a tremendous servant for Rangers. Um, He's he's produced some heroic moments last season. He was as good as player of the the year. year. Yeah, as good as player of the year as, as anyone. And I made a real case for him in terms of the quality saves he was making. And I get that. However, when you go back and listen to the the pod we did after the Hibs game, after um, Giovanni was um presented um and, and we were at that with Adam, we said there and then that I thought that McGregor should have come out the team. And he did roar back, his his shot presented, everything went up massively. That's great. Since the turn of the year, David. Alan McGregor has been inadvertently either involved in costing or has cost Rangers six goals. Two up at Ross County, two at Parkhead, and two yesterday. That's just bluntly looking at it. That's not really going into elsewhere, Dortmund and and things like that. That's not looking at everything. There's moments in games, kicking-wise, he's really bad. But the big thing for me, David, aside of the goals... Is, and this is what, again, I don't understand. Alan McGregor is now glued to his line. Now, before, he would rarely come. This year, he's just not coming at all because when he does come, he's making mistakes. We've seen it at Hearts, etc. I understand that goalkeepers can be down on, on kind of form, etc. But we're now actively setting up with the likes of a and Morelos, guarding our six-yard box because he won't come out. And that's not right in terms of what we're doing. It doesn't, to me, look like what you said, that that they have any faith in them. Something happened yesterday and many people maybe not see it or or think it's a big deal. See, after that first goal yesterday, Conor Goldson turned and screamed at him, put his arms out wide and, and more or less, the same as everybody, he more or less pointed at where that ball was and said, why are you not coming for that? Now, people will look at that and say it was fizzed across the box and that. In reality, it wasn't. That's a goalkeeper diving down on that. If anyone can point to me the last time Alan McGregor made a diving save, I'd be quite impressed to hear about it because he seems to just be, he, he seems to have lost ability to move his feet. That happened at Parkhead with their second goal. It happened yesterday with that second goal where it just seemed to go through him because he couldn't move his feet quick enough. He actually moved his foot over the ball and it went through him. Like you said, it wasn't a difficult shot and I'm not sitting here, David, I'm not sitting here as, you know, pretending that I'm, you know, Buffon or one of these great world goalkeepers or anything else, but the fact of the matter is Alan McGregor is making mistakes, it's hurting this team and it's directly costing us goals. These aren't mistakes that goalkeepers make and you say, right, okay, that's your one in three months or four months and we and, and it happens because everyone makes mistakes this is regularly happening not only is it regularly happening teams are now targeting what we are doing in swinging corners playing it on time. top of them all, the, all time. the time and it and it's there's a fragility everywhere now giovanni van bronckhurst gave um as martin put it yesterday quite rightly a politician's answer i wouldn't have expected him to come across and say no you know we are looking at it and understand because it would have crushed them it would crush confidence and you don't do that in a dress room so i get it but what worried me is it almost seemed like it was a complete surprise to him that the question had even been asked yeah. i asked
0: that, him that question. i asked him that question and i thought that as well he looked surprised at it
1: and that... that's a big worry to me david yeah because anybody watching rangers recently and as you said, this isn't just us, you know, in, in ultra people saying you might be being ultra-critical or that. This is two months' worth of form, and this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. It's not. There's there's people actively in games. We sit in the gantry and hear what people are shouting. That first goal yesterday is a bog-standard save. Even at worst, you're tipping it away or using your feet to slide it away. You have the awareness to know that there's nobody coming in. a touch on that takes it past the Motherwell goal scorer. So there's no danger really there. Goldson leaves it because he thinks it's an easy ball for the keeper. I'm convinced of that. And by his reaction, the same. Now, there has been mistakes in the lead up to that. John Lundstrom gives away the ball. Bassi doesn't make the 50-50. Lundstrom gets done for pace. Goldson leaves it. McGregor leaves it. So there's mistakes everywhere. But ultimately, as a goalkeeper, you should be making decisions and, and stopping the ball. The second one... Second one's offside. I said that straight away um, to you guys yesterday, and Gio brought it up, and he's bang on. The bit before people might say, "Well, that's weird because the shot was never the shot wasn't in the build up." I think there was a throw; it got touched yeah. back; it got it got put back to the boy. The boy's miles offside. The linesman or the assistant is looking right at that. Now, if they can call Alfredo being a ball here either side, the way he was with his two, they've got to get that right. It then works its way across, and we make an absolute catalogue arse of it. Goldson and Tavernier, just indecisive, not strong enough, and then that shot should be stopped. So it's not just McGregor in terms of it's all him, but at Ross County, it was just McGregor. At Celtic Park, at Parkhead, it was everybody. It's everybody, but he's got to be doing better. Directly costing us maybe four goals, it's, it's not on. It's. It's a decision now, David, which I think that previously you could have said, well, it's maybe a bit of misform and things. I now think it's a decision which has to be made. And we're looking at the replacement in John McLaughlin. And John McLaughlin is not Alan McGregor standard this no. year. Eh, sorry, last year. He's not Alan McGregor's standard. Nobody will argue with that. But he's not worse than what Alan McGregor's doing at the moment. He comes for crosses, he's better with the ball at his feet, he's a good shot stopper. Is he capable of real world-class moments? We haven't really seen that yet, because he's not needed to be. I've seen him make good saves for Rangers away to Hibbs last year, made a tremendous save, I think, from Nisbet, touched it wide brilliantly in the 2-2 game. But the upside... Of of, ta- of keeping Alan McGregor in isn't as big as the upside of putting John McLaughlin in and I agree with what you said, I think this is now a decision that is not only prominent but it's vital to make, he has to be taken out of that team, not only f- for us but for himself, I don't want Alan McGregor's legacy in his last year because I do think it's a certainty that this will be his last year to be that we had to remove him in another four or five games time because he was becoming beyond even normal levels and that's my big fear. Take him out at the moment, even if it's two or three games or whatever, let him get back to where he thinks he can be and where we know he can be and then we'll we'll see where John McLaughlin is at that point. The upside, as I said, David, I'll go back to that and I think that's prominent. The upside to keeping Alan McGregor in isn't as big as the upside to bringing John McLaughlin in and I think that's where we are now. It does have to be made.
0: I agree with that. Now, you mentioned there refereeing and the decisions yesterday now there is a tendency that we have understandably and i think it's an honourable one to go aye well but you know we made and we did we made terrible mistakes but the fact of the matter is is that even so that these are huge game-changing decisions in the first half there's a tackle that i thought was a red card there's a potential penalty incident uh there are two marginal offside goals and there's a clear offside goal none of which go Rangers way and this is not unusual this is you know the week before at at Tannadice, two penalties and a red card not given this is every week Rangers don't get marginal calls it really is that simple referees and linesmen don't give Rangers marginal calls whereas you only need to look across the city to see a team who do get marginal calls the Jotahan ball last week against Dundee for example the the Kyogo goal against Hearts that's a fundamental difference, and it's costing us. And again, yesterday, three minutes injury time. Whereas you and I watch the end of that Celtic game, the ref comes up with six minutes. Okay, there was a head knock, but then finds another two in the six minutes. A quarter of the you know he, he adds a quarter of that on again, which by his logic means that halves should have ten minutes added on to them at the end. And it's very difficult to escape the conclusion that at best. It's a subconscious thing. And at worst, and in the case of Clancy, I don't like to to say that referees are... I've always been in the they're bad, they're not dodgy. He really tests my theory on that one. Yeah, and I'll be careful about what I say. Um,
1: The injury time one, David. Six minutes added on at Ross County. Play seven and a half. They score kind of thing. Yesterday... Yesterday was atrocious, like letting them take corners, letting them, you know, corners getting cleared, letting them continue, letting shots go in. You know, it it was verging on on Clancy himself trying to take shots at that point. (laughs) This This isn't just, you know, a paranoid rambling thing. Dundee United was horrendous levels of officiating, not close calls, talking about easy, easy decisions to make. The pullback on Sakala, for example... The red card of um, Mulgrew yesterday. There was a pretty blatant red card. Now he, he catches Conor Goldson high, studs shown, dangerous play. Goldson takes a really bad one. Um, apparently, very bruised and, and stud marks, etc., on his hip. Um, that that's not, you know, that's not a yellow card. So fine, right? Okay, got a yellow fine. Rangers then had two penalty claims, two handball claims that we're not even getting the, the break from. And then there's the marginal. And you're talking about, David, that Alfredo Morello's second one is here, right? I, I don't, you know, excuse the phrase, but there's no easier way to say it. It's inches either way. But they can spot that, David, but they can't spot somebody getting hauled back like last week. And you're not, and, and this then goes back to VAR and, and just stuff like that. This isn't a case of Rangers saying, you know, VAR is... And and you see, some of the decisions, the St Mirren sending off a couple of weeks ago and stuff, the standard has went way down. This is before you even talk about Pataudry, Barisic getting elbowed in the face, play on, then getting told to go off and allowing Aberdeen to take free kicks against nine men and everything else. You know, Ryan Kent getting sent off for nods. This is weeks and weeks of, of Rangers being either side of of poor and bad decisions every single game since the return of of rangers from from the winter break there's been a big call in every single one and we're not getting them apparently even you know you look at the one where where kent was barged in the back at home hearts now we won five now and that goes so it goes be slightly under the radar and things like that um when when Sorry, the, the Hibs game when, when Kent was bars. Like Stonewall penalties, David, we're not getting. You go up, and then we went to Annan in the cup game. Itton gets wiped out as he's about to shoot. You know, and because we win that game, people don't highlight it. This is big decisions every single game that we're not getting. It's difficult to fathom why without, you know, coming to the old tinted, sort of blue tint. angle that that we're getting you don't like to use the word cheated but there's things happening that I don't understand and as a practicing referee, a qualified referee to, to a very low amateur standard granted, I don't understand how they're seeing these things and not giving them, they look fairly straightforward and even if you are missing them or you're blocked, how are the assistants missing? That one yesterday from Motherwell's second goal, to go from that to then go from Alfredo spotting that from a ball here of being offside infuriates me. I'm sorry, it really does. And, and that is why we're not getting the breaks at the moment. And, it, and you know, if they say that it evens up, I can't wait for the next 10 games because we are due so much. Yeah. And, and the level of refereeing, it's not an excuse. It doesn't excuse what we're doing, but both can coexist. We're not getting the breaks. We're not getting the decisions. And we're certainly not helping our, ourselves. It's not an excuse to highlight both. Both are very... Prevalent and, and coexisting, uh, in, in my opinion, of what is going on with Rangers at the moment.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely correct, and I think that, as I say, there is a tendency among us to just go, "Ah, well, we can't talk about the refs because we made mistake." Yeah, we can, right? We can, because even so, Rangers should have won that game, should have won at Dundee United, um, and these are huge. You know, these are, are game changing decisions. All of that said. Um, we, we, we take on St. Johnson on Wednesday. Um, it's usually a tough place for us to go. St. Johnson are not a good team. They've had a horrible season. Uh, there is zero excuse. My personal opinion is if Rangers don't take six out of six in the next two games, I would my beginning to lose faith would gather an awful lot of steam.
1: And yeah, I would I completely agree with you. Uh, David, the disappointment of yesterday. Now I'm at the point again where right is gone. We can't do anything about it. Let's kick on and get six points. It's also at the point where we need to gather momentum. I I feel like if we can get some momentum behind us in the league and things, we, we'll start going. And and possibly the argument of you know we could hit form at the right time. I'm the exact same as you. However, in terms of I don't think we've got any certainly not got a lot of manoeuvring or or, you you know points to give away anymore i think that we have to now go on a run i'm not saying we should win 10 games but walter in his last year when we won the third title we got beat at home to dundee united 3-2 and i think we went five or maybe six points behind david one or two but we all said We needed to win the remaining nine games. Now, we actually won eight. We drew with them at home, 0-0, and they celebrated like they won the league, if you remember rightly. Um, They then went up to Inverness and got beat. Anything can happen in the running. But one thing for sure is we need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves, and that starts Wednesday. Like you said, St. is a tough place. They'll be scrapping, but they're not a good team. Aberdeen coming to Ibrox on Saturday, we know what they're like. They're not a good team either. We need to start... Getting ourselves together. Positively, I'm gonna say to you right now, let's get these points, let's start gonna run. We can't do anything about yesterday, it's gone, so let's start take the positives of the first half, etc. Try and tighten up, maybe make a few changes, which I think we should be doing, and then let's start to kick on. Nothing's lost, it's three points, we've got to play them twice. There's a hell of a lot of twists and turns and, and, and things to go, but we have to get six points. That's a must. And then we'll see where we are at the end of the week.
0: Yep. Um, A massive week because we can't keep doing this. We can't keep saying it's only three points because it's not going to be only three points if this keeps up. Um, The the, the ship looks as though it's sinking. It's either going to be that we fix the hole or that we have to accept defeat and grab the lifeboats. So time is running out and this week, I think, will be absolutely pivotal one way or the other. Right, folks, thank you very, very much for listening to Stevie and I. Stevie, you can always get over at Four Lads Had a Dream. Um, Just search for Four Lads Had a Dream uh, in Google or wherever, and up it will pop. Stevie, thank you for joining me.
1: Ah, It's a pleasure, David. Uh, Thanks for having us on. I'm sorry that we can't be a bit more um, upbeat and things, but what I would say is never been a better time for Rangers to hit form um, hopefully we're going to be about to see that, and I know that's blind faith, I'm a bit like you, this is either going to go one way or the other for me, I don't think we'll continue to be neck and neck, I think it's either going to go one way or the other, let's hope it goes the right way for us, and, and let's kick on and, and hopefully roar this team on to, to a, good run, a good run of form, which is very much needed, but a pleasure David, thanks for having me on, really appreciate it.
0: It's a pleasure to have you, mate. Right. Thanks for listening, folks. Adam will be back with Heart and Hand Extra later this week. If you want full coverage of the upcoming game, starting with the preview tomorrow, as well as loads of other range of things, go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash heart in hand. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next Monday. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. How's a free case of beer sound? After, uh, let's face it, longest January in record and off the back of some pretty testing times, I reckon it sounds good. Let's face it, we all deserve a party and, uh, well, a case of free beer will help that get going. And you can get a case of free beer from our pals at Beer52 by going to www.beer52.com forward slash heart and covering the postage which is just 5.95. It's the biggest beer club in the world. Each month they send members a case of beer from different parts of the world and this month it's an absolute belter. It's the Great European Road Trip case and uh... Who knows more about great European road trips than the jails? We're just coming back from one right now. You can have a, a Chris Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a Monster 7.5% double IPA from Sweden's Duges Brewery. On the dark side of beers this month, there's a smooth coffee stout from Copenhagen's Tour and there's also beer from Croatia, Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria. If dark beer's not your thing, you can choose a light only case and as always with Beer 52, you get the ferment magazine, some snacks to soak it up and even if you don't like it after that you can just cancel at any time so go to www.beaf52.com forward slash heart to claim your free case now that's dot 52com forward slash heart sports social podcast network judy was boring hello then judy discovered com. it's my
1: little escape
0: now judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy judy <laughs>